Good morning, good evening. Oh, good afternoon. I did that out of order, but who cares? This is the Material Podcast, episode number 240. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I am joined here by your other host, Andy Anatko. Hello, Andy. Hello, Flo. How's it going? Uh, well, I got the order of operations wrong uh, at the beginning of this podcast, but that's okay. Oh. Who cares? No, no, right? we're we're using like reverse reverse Polish notation, like a like an old HP calculator. I was gonna say, or we're just looking at the time zones completely out of order, just to kind of like you know give give some preference to the folks on the far side of the world who are often like left out of the time zone structure and just kind of like bring them into the fold like we see you we remember you yep you know thank you for joining us this week on the material podcast every t- every single time as a kid like my mom caught me like wasting time they'd say you know at the other side of the world they have no time you know, it's and true. here you are wasting time. If, mm-hmm. if you feel that cavalier about time, I'm just going to take your time and send it to those poor, poor kids uh, in Antarctica and Russia and Guam. You know, parents also do this with toys. Really? If you're not. Yeah. If you're if you're going to just leave your toys lying around, not playing with them, not putting them away, I'm going to send them. I'm going to give them away. Mm. Um, <laughs> That's the, I mean, I, I mean. I, I would regard that as a nuclear option. Yeah, I've been studying like how to for for when the child is of that cognitive age, like how to uh, casually and sensitively manipulate them into doing what I want them to do (laughs) without causing like irreparable psychological harm, which I'm finding is a very difficult thing to do, especially in the Eastern European way that I was raised, which is very like. It's very finite. It's very black and white. There are no gray, which is not going to work for the kind of, you know, hippie beatnik parenting style that I'm going for. And I'm not talking about like Ned Flanders beatnik parent (laughs) style. Okay, man. This will be a bongo free zone, will it? (laughs) I just watched that episode last night of The Simpsons where Ned Flanders has his complete breakdown yeah. and just like yells at the entire town and we turn out it's because he hates his parents for just anyway it's we don't know what to do we've tried to discipline him we've tried nothing and it hasn't man, worked man <laughs> um it's it's a great episode see i again we could we could talk about the simpsons this entire podcast but i i like to watch it when it's pre-season 10 on fx when they do long marathons that yeah. has become our like this is what we're watching because we're taking a break from columbo Ah. So, yeah, because the episodes are an hour and a half long and I haven't we haven't really had time to like sit and like delve into that narrative. You know, we need something quick, like 30 minutes tops. So also, also there is something you said about sometimes you just like uh, a friendly person that you like to hang out with for an hour or an hour and a half. And yes, I, I know that Lieutenant Columbo is a fictional character. I know that he's not inside my TV. But nonetheless, it's like you don't have to focus. It's it's reassuring. It's it's the reason. It's the reason why oftentimes, like if I'm uh, if if I'm at a restaurant, I will order like the grilled chicken club sandwich and uh, and sweet potato fries. Exactly because I know what it is. It's what I need right now. It'll make me. It'll make me content. It'll fill me and sustain me in a way that an adventurous like fig rum and plantain courtesan soup <laughs> that sounds good but if it tastes but if i don't enjoy it well there's there's my i've, I've just wasted 
like my 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 appetizer that I could have I could have had the French onion soup, but no. See, this just again, sorry, we're I'm starting this podcast off with tangents because I'm hosting this week, um, <laughs> and that's how I like to do things. I was just I was just on Instagram, uh, doing my I don't want to pay attention to anything but scroll through something else. Uh, <laughs> And I saw my friend is in L.A. right now and she is from the East Coast and she took a picture of like add CBD oil for just like six dollars, which is like just very an L.A. thing right yeah. now. It's just like add CBD to everything. Cool. <laughs> um, but the dish that you just mentioned reminds me of something that like you would eat in L.A. It's like I'm in L.A. What should I go? Get? Well, I'd love to get like a grilled cheese and tomato soup, but why would, you know, but this neighborhood that I'm in, like every restaurant has some sort of like seven ingredients. Just. Yeah. See me. Menage trois, like going on here. <laughs> like it's just. Mean, meanwhile, the diner up the street for me on their January specials menu has, I'm quoting from the specials menu here. Uh-huh. Brownie batter pancakes. Oh, I saw you post that. Yeah. And immediately. My mouth started watering. Like, why would you do that to me? <laughs> yeah, see, you did that to your social media following, Andy. I, well, like, no, you created that because I knew that my next picture was going to be uh, of the the red velvet waffles that wet waffle that I had ordered, and I needed to set up a pretext for. Okay, look, this was the healthy option. I could have gone for essentially a stack of brownies. Oh. With whipped cream and sprinkles and Hershey's and uh, and and Reese's miniature peanut butter cups, but I didn't. I said I will take the wa- red velvet waffle with the sweet butter and the whipped cream and the powdered sugar and the syrup. Oh, wow, that's I am all right. I feel <laughs> we just talked about sugar, which is great because this morning I've had to cut down my sugar intake um, because my doctor said it's not good for me and the baby. He just wants all the candy for himself. <laughs> I mean, look, it's fair. Uh, so I'm just going to pretend that I ate all that stuff. And uh, and we'll kind of like jump into our first little bit of news for this week. So right before last week's podcast posted, Google announced that it would redesign the redesign of its search results after much backlash from not only me and Andy, but politicians, consumers, and the rest of our press brethren. Everyone was just complaining about the fact that when you would go search for something on Google, it would just look way too much. You could not distinguish between what was an ad and what was just like a regular old search result. Um, we, and since as Google, Americans, we want to be screwed over by algorithmic bias, not by ads. That we, we put exactly. our foot down. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, Andy. Uh, And since Google makes money off of all that advertising, this was seen as, you know, something supremely shoddy. So Google changed it. They rescinded it toward the end of the week. Uh, I think it was last Friday. And they posted a tweet about it. Uh, While early tests for desktop were positive (laughs) internally within our team, uh, that was my editorializing. We were positive we're going to get away with it. (laughs) We are always incorporating feedback from our users. We are experimenting with a change to the current desktop favicons and will continue to iterate on the design over time. You got to do that. It's just (laughs) – isn't there something – isn't there a law that – I think I'm thinking about spawn cons. Yeah. I'm thinking about like Instagram hashtag ads kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like at what point does that get extended to 
search indexing. But then you think about search indexing, and even though Bing exists, bless you, Microsoft, for holding on and still putting money into that, um, the fact of the matter is that Google has a relative monopoly over search. Like, again, we were talking about this on last week's podcast, like, Googling it is the phrase that you say. And I I actually, in my notes, I have it, I'm going to be saying it about three more times. So... (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> Just don't don't be evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's you might want especially especially because th- people tend to like option click and save things and screenshot things and when you make a move like this there might be someone who said, "Hey, I've been making screenshots of how Google presents ads within search results. Wouldn't it be fun if I were to create a timeline of how when you first started having ads in search, you actually gave them a whole different background color to make sure you could not possibly mistake an ad for an actual search item. And then progressively, we will show how you have been making them harder and harder to spot. You know, I think I I bet that if I put out some feelers, an editor would be willing to pay me X hundreds of dollars for that. For such, yeah, see, that's the problem. And <laughs> Yeah, see, this is this is this is why things have to be exposed to the light of day for justice to prevail. If, we, if we're going to call this justice, it's I'm sure I'm sure they wouldn't have done it if they didn't think that uh, at some point they had the numbers to say that this is this improves the product and yes, it also helps us out a lot. About <sighs> bottom line, they thought they would get away with it for some definition of getting away with it, but then they said, oh. Turns out we didn't. We will have to readjust our algorithm for trying to figure for 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 determining the getting away with it level for any maneuver that we are going to take. Getting away with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of getting away with things, not really a segue. uh, (laughs) But Andy, you put a little you put a little note in our doc about an app that you found particularly helpful. Now I went to that link. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Because I'm. I'm curioso and curios. Uh, this is I'm uh, through for no particular reason. I find myself uh, reinventing how I store, organize, and listen to music. Uh, it was it just it's this one, is a weekly thing with you. Actually, this has been a yeah. project that has been. I feel like this is your 2020. Yeah, it it, it really is like when when you finally say. Boy, you know that that fa- that faucet in the kitchen sink is just driving me batty. Uh-huh. I, I really need a sprayer on it, and plus it's leaking. We'll yeah. just why don't we why don't we just finally go to Home Depot, spend. I know it's going to cost us sixty bucks, and we're going to be fussing with it for a couple hours. But let's let's just replace that faucet, and then you take out the faucet, and you realize that. You know, the sink is kind of, I mean, it's really kind of scabby. I mean, maybe it's time. And then before you know it, you're like eating takeout for two months because you're knocking down walls and redoing. It's You don't want to pull at that first thread. And that's what I've done with my music library. And uh, in the, so in the, in the midst of this, um, I have been the, uh, a system that I started with last year uh, mm-hmm. to uh, – because I, I, I buy all of my music. Like if it's a, mu- a piece of music I really like – I'll start off streaming it just to see if I like it. But then if it gets into regular play, at some point I'll 
look for try to find a good used copy on ebay and buy the cd for three or four bucks so all my library is like physical media and so i was having such a hard time getting any streaming service to really do everything i wanted to do that i decided that for the albums that i'm sort of into right now i will have those directly stored on my uh, on my phone so uh, and but was always about like manually dragging things in and out just connecting it via uh, to the desktop or even just connecting a, a flash drive to the USB-C port. And uh, I came across this uh, nice utility called MetaControl, mm-hmm. uh, M-E-T-A, but you spell C-T-R-L. If you're confused about how to spell that, uh, look to the well, – actually, I, I was about to say look to the button, the control key on your keyboard. But now my mine actually spells out controls. so, so much for that. C-T-R-L. And the, it's a ah, using a Mac. I know, I know. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> we Apple thinks so little of you that it doesn't think you'll understand what can the control button is unless they spell it out. Uh, so, but all all it is, it's a simple, uh, simple to use folder syncing utility for Android, where it will just simply you designate a folder on uh, on your phone, you designate a folder on your uh, on your cloud service like Google Drive, and it will simply keep those two folders synced uh, completely. So now, whenever I want to, whenever I pick up a new album, uh, add a new album to the library, I'll have to, if I want to put it on my phone, I just copy it to this folder inside Google Drive. And in the fullness of time, it will magically appear on my phone. And same thing for pruning albums I'm no longer quite so much into. So, yeah, it's a, it's very, very simple. It works really, really well. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Android being Android, I'm introducing some sort of really, really, really bad uh, I'm sorry, a, a bad liability into thing. And uh, I'm also just now realizing MetaControl is the name of the company that makes it. It's also it's just called it's actually called AutoSync. AutoSync for Google Drive, AutoSync for Dropbox, AutoSync for Mega, uh, all available through the uh, through the Play Store. Uh, and like I said, simple. It works and it helps me to uh, avoid being disappointed by Google Play Music and Apple Music. <laughs> I have not been disappointed by Spotify yet because I realized that if I were to sign up for Spotify simply to have a place to escape from uh, escape to from other music services, I feel like that's money that I should not be spending. No, and also I feel like you would get really frustrated because you are uh, c- considerably much more of a music buff than I am. Like I love music, but you know, for me, it's just kind of a a background thing. Like that's why I have so many radio subscriptions because I'm not, I'm, I don't care about playlists so much and certain artists as much as I do just having like a specific genre on kind of thing. And Spotify has their annoying 10,000 library limit, a 10,000 song (laughs) limit for your library. And the folks in my life who I know are like, just like you, Andy, you know, they collect music, they really appreciate albums, things like that. Like they run into that limitation and they go, what am I paying for? Like, this is ridiculous. Spotify is really for, you know, it's, it's good for like everybody, you know what I mean? Like the common Joe, but it's not, um, it's not for folks like yourself who are true enthusiasts. And this conversation keeps coming up because, 
uh, we keep talking in our ecosystem, in our in our little world, about the fact that Google Play Music is going. And for a long time, that was this. And I know we've talked about it on this podcast for a long time. Like that was a service that a lot of people used because you could upload your own audio. You can kind of have it like nicely synced, and it was it was a great solution for being an Android slash Google user and kind of having that all with you. And it's just. The further along we go into this streaming world, it makes me think just how frustrating it is because all these companies are competing with one another for our dollars, but none of us are actually getting like what we want. It, yeah. you know, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, see, and, and that's why that's what has really driven me away from using the, these streaming services because I. I've, I'm still amazed that it's so difficult for me to resume listening to that album that I was streaming just yesterday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's it's it, there's such a, a, a user interface blockade uh, so that the services intentions yes. have priority over my intentions and that's just so annoying and and also now uh, now that Google is still serious about transitioning people away from Google Play Music and into YouTube Music YouTube Premium mm. and I have no idea how well that's going to go and I I want to make sure that there's food and supplies and fresh signal flares in the lifeboat so that if I do want to abandon ship that's definitely an option this is really were I not going on self-imposed maternity leave very soon. This is really a story that I I wish I could pursue, which is just to like talk to people about what they are doing to deal with this this movement away from having your own curated music library. Like it just doesn't we uh, Oh, we can go so much deeper into this conversation. I'm just going to say this morning I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which I like to listen before we do our podcast, especially when I host, because it like inspires me in a way <laughs> that I want to. Okay, whatever. Um, listen, Brittany was inspired by Whitney Houston, and I'm inspired uh, by the hosts of Keep It, which is... Um, a podcast, uh, a lot about like the celebrity world, you know, entertainment industry, that sort of thing. So they were talking about the Grammys and just like, I don't, I don't watch, I stopped watching award shows just because yeah. I think they're so not indicative of the world that we actually live in. But I like to listen to the recaps and look at the pictures of what people wore because I always, you know, like to see that. <laughs> and it just like, listen, I don't know a lot of the people who were at the Grammys who like one, I mean, I know some people, I just, for me, um, just kind of hearing like what's, what's in pop culture and versus like what we have access to, it's becoming more and more limited. And it, it feels like I'm being controlled, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like my beatnik ways just like really don't want to be, you know, just like guarded in by all this, you know, like what I have to listen to, man. Like, I just want to be free. <laughs> So, anyway. it's, it's the man trying to keep you down if you it noticed. is it is the the man is upset when you find your when you're listening to a gang of four album because it doesn't it it's not being paid to get you to listen to a gang of i mean four what album. i'm listening to is korean pop but you, you only saw one you you barely saw any korean pop at the grammys which is unfortunate because do you know how much money yeah k-pop makes off of americans <laughs> make a lot of money off of us right now yeah. and 
they're going to start touring Madison Square Garden and they keep selling it out. So anyway, I'm just saying uh, the old curmudgeonly white guys who are running all of these things need to get a reality check. Thank you. Or in Spotify's case, the well-dressed Swedish software executives need to maybe... Anyway, okay, so moving on to other like money-related things. This is a good week if you wanted to get a Google Nest Hub. Now, I personally have a Nest Hub in like ugh, this is going to sound very of me, uh in the vanity area of my ensuite. <laughs> so, I have like a vanity you know, and then it's like the sink and then all my makeup is to the right of it. And I have just like my little, you know, beauty station. And then right there in the beauty station, I have my Nest Hub, uh, which I like to use to A, change the temperature, change the house temperature without my husband knowing because he's perpetually cold and I'm perpetually hot. Um, And B, it's a great way to like have TV or music on while you're like getting ready. And so right now there's a deal. You can get two of them at Best Buy for a hundred bucks if you're in the US. Um, so if anybody's interested, usually they were launched for about 130 bucks a piece. <laughs> now you can get them for like 70 bucks, even in places like Sephora, by the way. That's like <laughs> the because at one point they were like, we're gonna sell Google products, and then it just kind of didn't materialize there. Our forty-year-old male male executives have learned that there's this, this thing called a makeup blog. blog. Well, they, yeah, they try to do it to be like, watch your YouTube, your makeup YouTube videos on the Nest Hub, which was like a good idea, but I think there just wasn't a lot of marketing put behind it. And so when you like sort by brand on Sephora, it says like Google, and you're like, <laughs> huh? Google makes eyeshadow. I mean, it would be God, nice see, and that, sparkly. That, it, it it almost makes you feel. Uh, concerned because if if whatever if if the google nest hub if these devices are so critical to uh, a future strategy that uh, we've joked about it before that the the nest mini is almost like the aol sign up cd that if you do if you have not received one for free that means that you're just not leaving the house or you are completely off the grid. Uh, we have too many. And, we officially put one in the bathroom, by the way, yes. just so everybody. I'm, I'm, I, I'm using them as stereo pairs now because I've, I do. You're right. I do have through no fault of my own. I have a preponderance of Googleness, And so it just makes you wonder. It would be see if these were still like a hundred dollars. I'd be I'd be grateful for the price drop. If it were still a hundred dollars, it would make me think that hey, look, we can give one we can give one of these Nest Hubs away to everybody, because the amount of money we're going to make about how we're going to exploit every single one of these users, <laughs> we are still going to be wealthy beyond the dreams of avarice. <laughs> like. <sighs> uh. Shall we do a uh, Gimby Gimby update before and then uh, commercial? We're still number one. We're number one. Oh wait, no, no, no. La- no last we week, were number one. Last week we were number one, four, and five. We we were actually up not only like three uh, three positions in the top ten, but also uh, seizing the number one spot. Now we are st- uh, we are number two, four, and six. So it seems like we have a stranglehold on 30% of the top 10 uh, search results amongst podcasts for information about the dangerous and deadly uh, painful Gimpy Gimpy Bush. So that's 
uh, it's it's consistency that I think that the people who sell ads uh, and buy ads uh, are going to be really looking forward to. It's not that hey, you had a freak number one because hey, okay, fine, Oprah, you know, gave gave you a shout out. Uh, and, okay, and that's nice, but hey, how are you going to build on that rocketing success? Okay, are you you know it's 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 one thing to get to, to become one of Oprah's favorite things. Not that we're one of Oprah's favorite things. We might be one of Oprah's favorite things. Maybe it's just that. My, I should check my spam filter because maybe she sent a glowing email to us to tell us how much she likes the show. Hey, welcome to Andy's Fantasy World. Uh, but uh, again, it's much better us than American Dirt. But anyway, yes. uh, <laughs> the novel that just Google it. <laughs> what I'm talking about. So I'm proud of us. Uh, yes. Uh, and on that note, let's jump into an ad. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content or how effective your marketing, they'll most likely bounce if your website is loading too slow. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they use. Identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations to deliver great performance to those who matter most. And did we mention it's built for scalability? Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. So climate change is a pretty real concern, which is why the news has been particularly honed in on how tech companies are attempting their part at scaling back emissions and just basically trying to help the planet live longer than uh, we're estimating it to live. So if you want to read about how Amazon employees are responding, I encourage you to Google that because there was uh, a lot going on with Amazon employees this past weekend preceding this podcast. But we're going to talk about Google's part because this is a Google podcast and we like to, well, except for the beginning of the episode where we allow ourselves just, and sometimes the end of the episode, depending on how well on track we stayed. Anyway. We're in predictable. Uh, we're, talk about we're a moving target. Yes. That's yeah, we the way try. we like it, baby. We try. Uh, so last week, Google pledged to take further action on climate change, saying its current practice of offsetting emissions from its power-hungry data centers is insufficient to address the issues. So Kate Brandt, who is Google's sustainability officer, pledged that the company will become carbon negative. That's like the new buzzword that is floating around Silicon Valley right now. So Google has been carbon neutral for 12 years. They've achieved that by buying enough renewable energy to offset the electricity generated by non-renewables. Uh, the Daily Telegraph adds to this pledge, uh, or rather quotes 
this pledge. This was we don't. Uh, this this was this was interesting that I I first came across. Uh, she they have a uh, they have this story about uh, Kate Brandt's uh, pledge about being becoming carbon negative, and I was looking for a second source on this because. Uh, it didn't mention that, hey, we contacted uh, Kate Brandt directly for a comment uh, in light of last week's Am- uh, Amazon protests. Uh, but this is the only place where I could find it. And I'm, I'm sure it's genuine, but I was, thought it was very odd that I couldn't find it on a blog. I couldn't find it anywhere else. She was uh, she was part of a panel on climate change uh, at the uh, Davos conference last mm-hmm. week uh but she didn't make that pledge during the devil's conference but so that's why so they they have they have the money quote so we have to quote them directly she, they said uh, she said uh, we don't just want the state we have today which is that we're buying as much renewable energy as we're consuming on an annual basis she said that doesn't necessarily mean that actually the electricity is being consumed at our data centers and our facilities just pointing out that most when when companies claimed, hey, look, we're we're completely carbon uh, we're, we're carbon carbon neutral, you'd think that oh, that means that they're having they have flocks of sheep mowing their lawns and they've got like horses and ponies like on treadmills like running free and generating no, it's they they still uh, wherever the wherever they need electricity they get the electricity. Uh, that is provided locally, even if it is being provided by non-renewable energy. But they make sure that they offset that by buying contracts for uh, an equal amount of renewable energy, so solar or wind power. I it's it's important to note, of course, that um, so as uh, mentioned, Amazon employees uh, they had a big they had a big get together this last weekend, um, sort of kind of holding the company, uh, trying to say you guys need to do more about this. Microsoft also recently announced its goal of being carbon negative by 2030. And if you go down that rabbit hole of search, you're going to see other companies contributing to this idea of a concentrated climate effort. Um, it's good PR. Yeah. But as I was reading up on all this stuff, one word that came up from the climate blogs, so the, the folks who are remaining skeptical because that is the job of journalists in this day and age is that there is such thing as greenwashing, which is when a company makes itself seem more environmentally sustainable than it really is. And you can see some of this greenwashing whenever a company makes a announcement about a product and they go, oh, it's made with this like sustainable material or you know what? It's recyclable it's all great in like the grand scheme. It's great for the keynote. It's great for the event that's being held and for the announcement and for the, the marketing, the advertisements that you're going to see on the freeway. Our just want to note so the irony of that, by the way, water soluble. Right. And I just want to note the irony of this stuff being shown off on the freeway billboards because (laughs) cars are like the worst. Um, and so related on that note, um, Again, things in this world are cyclical, right? Like everything kind of rolls down a hill into a giant snowball sort of thing. And so Congress has urged Google to act against its dangerous climate information that is uh, taking over YouTube. So, you know, how can you help the climate if your number one video platform is also serving up conspiracy videos? They're radicalizing the youth of tomorrow. The youth that are supposed to be the one, you know, the the Greta Thornburgs of the of the of the world who are saying 
parents, adults, you're ruining everything. You know, we want to stop that disinformation from spreading. And YouTube, of course, again, if you go down another Googling hole, you're going to see there's so many stories coming out about how kids, teenagers, young adults are radicalized by just all of this misinformation that's being spread about all sorts of different categories. So the U.S. House Select Committee on the Climate Crisis sent a letter to Sundar Pichai noting the spread of climate disinformation on YouTube and asking how YouTube is addressing the problem. Alphabet has until February 7th to respond, so that's about um, a little more than a week from when we are recording this podcast. Uh the later the excuse me the letter is signed by committee chair Florida Democratic Congresswoman Kathy Castor from the letter YouTube has been driving millions of viewers to climate misinformation videos every day, a shocking revelation that runs contrary to Google's important missions of fighting misinformation and promoting climate action. They have asked YouTube to take four steps, the first being to stop recommending videos that promote climate denial. I'm going to tell you folks, back in the day just going to admit this here on the record, Flo and her friends would go down this rabbit hole of climate denial, mostly started by YouTube. And this was in the 2000s. Mm. So there was a period of time where I did not particularly believe in climate change because of the convincing videos that I had watched that were telling me that Al Gore was full of it. Uh, Because back then, inconvenient truth. For, for those youngins tuning in. Uh, the second step is to add climate misinformation to the platform's list of borderline content. The third is to stop monetizing climate misinformation videos. So stop profiting off of the exact thing that you're saying that you're trying not to contribute to. And lastly, take steps to correct the record for millions of users who have been exposed to climate information on YouTube, um, which... I am wondering how that's yeah. going. Uh, Andy, you have a you have a note on this. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, yeah. I don't know how they're going to take steps to correct the record for like. Are they going to like rent out Ramada in ballrooms regionally and saying, okay, we're subpoenaing the uh, the hundred the hundred twenty thirty hundred twenty thousand of you in this region to to attend the slideshow? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I don't another another Simpsons episode that I watched yesterday before the Ned Flanders one was when Homer gets an automated machine that calls everybody and asks <laughs> yeah, yeah. to send him a dollar. So I'm just thinking that like just get an automated machine to <laughs> to call everybody and just say the videos that you watched on <laughs> yeah. on climate denial were full of it. <laughs> Uh, we ask that you please rescind. <laughs> it's an interesting uh, as I, I it, you you wonder you, you wonder if uh, Congresswoman Castor like hates Sundar Pichai and wants him to have a really really bad February and March and April and May because on the one hand they're saying hey we really want you to like uh, uh, make sure that videos that claim that climate change is not real and that it's a and it's a fraud and they're just trying to manipulate you and make sure those not only do those get taken they they not get the exposure that you've been giving them but also actively actively uh, dismiss them and actively depower them and i uh, 
I'm not saying this, uh, making a blanket statement about Republicans or, God forbid, conservatives, but as a party of legislators, the GOP seems to have taken the idea of we need more coal and oil and anybody who says that the plant we're killing ourselves with with climate change is a myth that seems to be a GOP thing and i can't help but remember how many times uh google and youtube have been targeted by GOP leadership by claiming that oh see this is you're owned by the you're a liberal organization and you you keep trying to stifle conservative points of view you should be able to make you should be balanced if someone is saying that here is a graph proving that this was a, if 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 a Boston weather reporter says that this was the second time the second time we've broken a record for heat in January you need to have a crackpot also with a video saying that hey isn't it great that it's hot and it's just it's one of those things that happened it's like okay there there's nothing they can do that does not screw them in some way shape or form but they but they are right it's 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 part of the larger problem of it's the mm-hmm. algorithm mm-hmm. where you don't you don't necessarily go looking for like climate denial videos but maybe it'll appear in your recommended feeds and if you're just oh wow these crackpots wonder I've, I've actually never heard these crackpots talk before but let's i want i'm actually kind of curious as to what kind of stupid things they say and then they say, oh he's now he's got an interest in in, in uh, crackpot videos about climate denial we'll give him more and that the, the idea of radicalization which is we normally hear about uh, radicalizing people who are uh, underprivileged and dissatisfied with their perception of the status quo and therefore vulnerable to charismatic and dangerous leaders who are trying to talk them into destruction to affect change. It is applicable also to situations with YouTube where the, the more you repeat a lie, the more normal it is. The bigger the community mm-hmm. of people that believe something mm-hmm. stupid is, the more it seems to make sense. Hey, look, here's a thousand people around me who also think that the world mm-hmm. is flat. This makes perfect sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I was going to say ancient aliens, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. um, just kind of to sandwich this little – this sandwich this this act that we have on uh, the green Google. Uh, and we're talking about green and climate change, not the other kind of green, <laughs> Californians. Uh, okay. Nobody laughs. Orga- um, organic okay. vegetables, also a <laughs> Thank scam. You. Thank you. Um, Vice reports that Google is trying to poach. <laughs> we mentioned what's going on at Amazon. So Google's trying to poach Amazon's climate processing employees. So <clears throat> to kind of get into what I was alluding to, more than 340 Amazon employees publicly decried the company for failing to significantly step up against the climate crisis. So this was happening over the weekend, as I mentioned. They're tweeting out their complaints under the hashtag Hashtag AMZN speak out. So Amazon speak out. If you'd like to go check that out on Twitter, I would highly suggest it. Many say they've been threatened with firing for speaking out, which is actually against company policy. Uh, According to the Vice article, a Google recruiter posted to LinkedIn, encouraging activist employees to apply for jobs at Google. From the article, hey, Amazonians. I recognize your courage and bravery to speak out about climate change. I believe your passion can truly change the world, writes Jason Lin, a UX recruiter at Google. Check out some of the ways Google's actively working to battle climate change below. I'd love to connect with you and talk about how you could take advantage of our 20% time. Winky face. 
That winky face was an editorial note, by the way. A Google spokesperson told Motherboard, uh, which is one of the uh, vice verticals, that he was unaware of the recruiter's LinkedIn post and that the recruiter had been acting on his own initiative. Hours later, the spokesperson followed up to tell Motherboard that the post had been removed. (laughs) And now I would like to follow up with Jason Lynn and ask him, are you okay? Yes. (laughs) Because the thing is, I think that was very, that's a very brave thing to do to go out and to, and to do that. And, but it's also like the kind of thing I would love to see Google encouraging its employees, but it's It's, like the, the, this is an ongoing (sighs) issue though, isn't it? Where between abuse of artificial intelligence for military, uh, military use, uh, all the way down to just simply, we are doing data collection. And this is like uh, companies like, I don't know, ring, (laughs) <laughs> where Ugh. we are doing like abusive levels worse. of data collection and distribution uh, against our customers' knowledge, that a lot of a lot of really uh, talented engineers are vulnerable to being hired away by saying, "Now we're not going to suggest that we're not jerks as well." However, on the specific issue of being jerks about artificial intelligence powering drones. We we have firmly said no to this. So maybe if you if if you were thinking of moving anyway, or if as a result of having disparaged your company contrary to public policy and putting your name out there, you find yourself uh, with a bunch of cardboard boxes that that are being handed. That part of your job duties involves putting your things into cardboard boxes just in case. Perhaps you want to jump ship to us. Um, I, that that I, I would like I would like there to be a competitive package where it's not just uh, not just where we give you compensation, not only will we, will we give you perks, but also we will guarantee a certain work environment, uh, a, a certain uh, uh, a, a certain set of values that you will not be made to uh, work against. Uh, that said. Um, none of this pitch would include we, you should come over here. All of our Google employees are so happy. They are so, I mean, we've never forced anybody out for being an activist inside the company. That's, that's not what we do. Like, uh, oh, actually, (laughs) I hope you don't, uh, Google per se, uh, employee activism, activism, and illegal firings at Google. So that happens too. So it's a little bit weird that you're basically saying, "Please jump out of this uh, boiling pot and jump into this other pot, which is also boiling, but the pot is shaped differently. So maybe the cold and hot spots will be more to your liking." It's it's a gutsy move. It's a gutsy move. I'm wondering, uh, this. It was not uh, – maybe they maybe uh, Jason Lynn should have run this by uh, Superior first because, again, it's a uh, bold move. At the same move, time, yeah, move. at the same time, I admire Jason Lynn's yeah. uh, boldness <laughs> in this. You know what? We need more Jason Lynn's in this world. True. Okay? That's <laughs> that's my stance on that. Um, shall we take a quick break? Please. Okay. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, 
S3 compatible storage option and their next generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to native SSD storage, a 40 gigabit network, and industry-leading processors, root access to your server, along with API version 4 and Python CLI, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, one-click installs of the most popular apps including WordPress, LampStack, and game servers for Minecraft, and more. Go to linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account and get $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode are hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. The URL for that $20 credit one more time, linode.com slash material Promo code material2020. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Now on to some revelatory things to look forward to news. So it's the beginning of 2020, which I actually it's more than the beginning of 2020. We're already a month into it, which is hello, time flies when you're living life. Uh, and speaking of living life, we're coming down to another Google I.O. So this spring is another developers conference being held at uh, the lovely Shoreline Amphitheater Grounds in Mountain View, California, right in Google's backyard. Uh, the Google I.O. dates for this year are May 12th to 14th, which I'm very thankful for because it does not actually fall on my birthday. Uh, which means that I can throw the pizza party that I decided I would throw this year. That was really embarrassing in 2016. It was adorable that Sundar Pichai had everybody sing happy birthday to you right during the keynote. But uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, you, I could tell you were embarrassed. It's like, you know, you got two, 3,000 people, including the most powerful people in the industry. And you just don't, you don't know where to look, whether you're at Chuck E. Cheese or whether you're at the keynote. You just... <laughs> I'm just going to say this for the record because it's something it's an experience that I'm incredibly grateful to have. It was kind of amazing. And this is also going to be a hashtag humble brag. It was kind of amazing on my birthday to interview Hiroshi Lockheimer and like and have that whole experience and then to go see Detective Pikachu that night like I <laughs> I had the most wonderful birthday last year and um it was like it was like a, the perfect amount of feeling loved but also like getting to do things that made you feel really special and yes. it was and the fact that like I had all these you know Google folks that I had worked with be like oh hey happy birthday Flo like it just made me it made yeah. me feel really special so I just want to thank the universe for giving me that um for giving me that experience and hopefully this year I will have more Google IO experience we'll see I um usually those of us in the press don't find out if we're going until like maybe March, April-ish. So we just kind of hold on until they decide. I have a feeling because the venue is so much bigger, like I have noticed that the press allowance has become more expansive. So like more and more people are showing up per year, which is great. Um, somebody already asked me, I do have childcare lined up. Uh, for Google I.O. because, and I already talked to my husband about it. Like, 
this is something it's very important to me. It's, um, it's a big part of the thing that I do yep. <laughs> for a living and I would love to be down there. And, but you know, we, we shall see plus, what plus, happens. Plus it's an opportunity to have pictures of the baby at the ready. So when people say, Hey, didn't you have, <laughs> yes, I did here. Have you seen my Google stories about it? There's a lot of people, by the way, still finding out that like I'm having a baby and they're like, what? When did that happen? And I'm like, it's happening like really soon. Um, and I was talking to Jason Howell, my co-host at All About Android yesterday, and he's like, are you going to bring the baby with you? to?" And I'm like, you know what? Last year I saw there was a dad in the press room. He had baby strapped around him. And I was thinking it might be kind of fun to bring. But, you know, newborns, they you're like supposed to shield them from stuff because I guess they like yeah. are really fragile. <laughs> like sun, like sunstroke, say. Well, I was just thinking all these people from, you know, just all these germs culminating. But it's an <laughs> another, open air. Thing. It's also an open air event, which they say is like much better for a baby than like taking them to a mall where everything is enclosed and there's True. like an HVAC system. So anyway – Flo, why are you talking about this? Because it's my life, people. Um, so as is tradition, Google announced Google I.O. by doing something very cute and fun. And so what they did is they did an augmented reality puzzle uh, that was solved. The official Google Devs Twitter account provided a link to a collaborative puzzle called The Collaboration of the Cosmos. Reverb, 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 reverb. <laughs> so... Um, the premise of this was <laughs> no, intergal- I, I think you need music underneath this. No, I yeah. The intergalactic satellite network powering the signal board is down. Only by working collectively will we restore the signal to reveal a special message for all the galaxy to see. Can we count on you? <laughs> John Williams. I know. Well, no, but the thing is the end of that when it just like kind of like slows down a little and just like ramps you up. That's like that's why we still spend all this money. That's why Disney keeps making money off of us for Star Wars. It's that it's that tune. Uh, anyway, we have to cite it on the podcast. I, resent, by the way. I, I have to I will, not, I will not turn this into a digression. But I will just simply say that I do resent that more than a little bit. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was I, I felt as though Lucasfilm would do the same thing but with a much lighter touch whereas Disney is like we know how to push we know every one of those buttons where to push it and what we're going to get out of it and believe you me we're going to push all of those buttons which is why when I watched the world of color at Disneyland one fa- I was there on Father's Day the night of Father's Day, they showed, uh, they show like Im- they show scenes from Disney movies, and it was of Mufasa dying and Simba like finding him. I'm going, Dad, Dad, and I'm like, What are you doing? You're making us all cry. Anyway, can't can't we, we wait to see like the uh, the the live action quality animated remake of Bambi because I thought what was missing oh my from God. that scene is like watching watching Disney's mom's the baby's mom's guts like actually like spilling out and her trying to get away and trailing her entrails like, behind yes yeah. okay that was a bit much Andy I was just going to say I was thinking <laughs> just about you know her hanging in some kitchen somewhere because uh, 
Sorry, venison. Listen, people eat venison. Uh, so here's what we're anticipating from Google. As you can see, this podcast has completely gone off the rails. We are anticipating Android 11, of course, um, Pixel 4a. Everybody keeps talking about these renders, these these things that have passed through, these leaks. Oh, my gosh, the Pixel 4. Ah, yeah, the Pixel 4a. It's definitely probably going to be something that we're going to see there. Uh, we are still wondering if we're going to see anything about Wear OS because last year, nada. Yeah, it was. And some some people are trying to refloat the rumors that there's going to be a Pixel Watch. I've had my heart broken way too many times to invest in <sighs> any rumor about exactly. I'm, I'm I have I'm I'm kind of just. It's like a boyfriend that treated you really really badly. Like yeah, let yeah. him go. And it's like, yeah, you know what? He he is kind of charming when he doesn't shave for a couple of days. But you know what? We're, but we're gonna, he's we're, like really bad. Like yeah. I, I was see, the the way I was going to put it is that I'm I'm not averse to I'm not saying that I will never have this person in my life again. But I won't do it until I receive independent outside outside signals and confirmation that this person has pulled themselves together. Exactly. I, it's not my job to, it's no longer my job to forgive him for the parts of the relationship that absolutely don't work for me. It's not my job to make the relationship work. And I believe that with Wear OS, I have had, I was forced to do a lot of both. So that if, is a good if analogy. I'm, again, mm-hmm. if, if I'm at breakfast with some friends, Hey, did you hear about Wear OS? What? Well, uh, I don't know if he uh, he didn't say he was an alcoholic, but he did say that he stopped drinking two years ago and went back to school, finished his his degree. And the job he has right now, I mean, it's not great, but you can see that he has a five year plan. I'd say, okay, that's interesting. I will. I'm not going to reach out, but if they reach out to me, perhaps it's. Oh, and now we're about to extend just, the metaphor way too far. What I'm saying I, is that fine. I'm hoping I'm hoping that that uh, that the Department of Wear OS. As <laughs> who's locked themselves out of their offices three years ago and have been patting down all of their pockets ever since, finally find the keys to the office again and actually get some things going. They're buried out front under a patch of dirt um, that looks like. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're also looking forward to Pixel Buds. We kind of knew that that was going to be. I, we all kind of called it in October when they had announced it and said, sorry, you're not going to have these until the spring. So, okay, we'll wait. Um, also, as per usual, what is Google going to do with this assistant? What is it going to – how is it going to make it better? We're already talking about um, new transcription features that are coming out soon. We've got live captions. We've got all this great stuff that has come out that was originally announced at Google I.O. 2019. What's going to be announced at 2020 that we're going to have to look forward to? Again, the most exciting time of the year because not only are the flowers springing up and everybody's allergies just going full blast, but it's also when Google starts to seed us with all of this new stuff that it plans on releasing throughout the year. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the news dump that is coming out of it. And uh, I'm also curious about this Cosmos theme and if there's going to be uh, fortune tellers, tarot readings. You know, I'm I'm thinking about possibly setting up a tarot tent hmm. at Google I.O. and just like offering. I'm thinking about how can I go fully tech spiritual 
Hmm. More on that later. This is a this see. <laughs> they say that your best ideas come right before you deliver a baby. Unfortunately, <laughs> that is happening to me because unfortunately I can't pursue any of them because I'm tired. But anyway, no, no, that's even better. You, you can franchise the idea. <laughs> I, uh, it's it's torturous. Uh, yeah, cleaning and ideas. It's like apparently what happens. Um, so also kind of related to the idea of assistant improvements and just like what's coming out from Google this week. Google Research introduced a human-like chatbot chatbot called Mina, spelled M-E-E-N-A, and it can chat about anything. So Google boasts of Mina's supremacy in multi-turn dialogue, and that is understanding the content and intent of a conversation and offering responses that are specific and make sense. Think about the smart reply feature when you are messaging somebody on your Android device and it's trying to figure out the context of your message I do find it, by the way, kind of interesting. The other day, I hadn't responded to my friend in like two days to a text message, and the smart reply was, hey, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting so like, good. Yeah, I, I actually thought about that. I was like, oh, okay, you noticed that I'm coming back to this conversation. <laughs> um, And how well does it work? Well, I haven't tried it out, but... Google described their self-defined metric for judging conversation, their, quote, sensibleness and specificity, specificity, Uh, average, unquote. (laughs) It's very hard for me to say words sometimes uh, because I speak three languages. Scoring system ranks typical human conversation at 86%, Mina at 79%, and a well-regarded alternative model, which has won an academic most human-like chatbot prize each of the past four years at 56%, which is very interesting. Yeah. it's, it's, It's nice when you create the metric that judges how well (laughs) a chatbot works uh so they're they they, this is an academic paper they do explain how they say that means it's almost 20 percent better which you know is a 20 percent improvement over whatever the alternative model yeah it's it's an interesting paper and they give lots of examples and it really is all about more uh, the examples that they're giving aren't so much about more useful conversation the to and to be fair they've already created an assistant that can do things like where what movies are playing near me and then we'll say oh well the following movies are playing at the brighton cineplex blah blah right right um, it's more it's more about having a naturally flowing conversation which understand instead of it it gives you answers that aren't like uh, i don't i don't have an opinion on on warachis as a men's shoe it's they can actually here is a response that is actually like interesting um and 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 the conversations that they give are actually pretty good we you talk about the the touring test where it's have a you have a 20 minute right. conversation with somebody and you don't know whether it was a real human being and there are ways to trip it up uh and that's to let's let me refer back to something that i meant let me i'm going to make a joke based on something that was said eight to 10 minutes ago and see if they get the joke or if they, and if so, if they add to the joke uh, and Mina has something of a sense of humor <laughs> in that it understands like what the context of that sort of stuff is. Um, and yeah, I, I was, I was like, you was like, Oh, I, I, if they're releasing this and they have a, a Google research blog post about it, is there, is there like an online demo? 
And no, there isn't. And they're, uh, they're saying, quote, we are evaluating the risks and benefits associated with externalizing the model checkpoint, however, and may choose to make it available in the coming months to help advance research in this area. There's, they're specifically saying that we this is brand new. This is something that we can publish a research paper on, but we don't know what the biases are. We don't know what damage could be done if we have let people have access to this model. I mean, one of the one of the most obvious uh, things you could do with this, given that the import of it is to a chat bot that can have a chat about anything and make it sound natural is you know, customer service calls or robo calls. And God forbid that someone uh, gets the code and says, hi, this is, do you, do you have an, a grandson named Bartholomew? I thought so. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not a computer. I actually went to high school with Bartholomew once. <laughs> How's he doing now? It's that's yeah, it's they could take it to another disturbing level. So, yeah, hopefully we're seeing this as part of it's it's nice to see actual evidence of Google appreciating that you're you're doing research. You're very proud of the research. The research you're doing is exciting and wonderful, but realize that there are bad people out there who aren't in like don't wear pocket protectors and. Uh, don't speak in uh, in uh, multi-turn dialogue and the responses that are specific and make sense. It's more like, how can we abuse this to screw things up for everybody except for myself? Mm-hmm. I just am looking forward to actually being able to have like a natural conversation with the assistants in my house because sometimes, sometimes I, sometimes I wish they were just <laughs> a little more natural. I do. Yeah. I do. It's kind. Of, it's come to that point, folks. Well, yeah, living with these things for almost four years now. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, even if even if it's things like, uh, there, I actually set a reminder for an event this mm-hmm. week, and one of the things I appreciate about Google Assistant is that um, other even other modern assistants, you really are doing like a you're 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 reciting a, a Mad Libs thing. Because if they don't say, like, hi, I would like to schedule an appointment on date to meet with person at location, and I'd like to be reminded on date and time of reminder. It's I like the fact that I can have a conversation. If, if, like, I have, like, a bit of a uh, brain static, like, as I'm I, I, I'm trying to – I'm even trying to preformat what I'm going to say, but I kind of have a blip – but it's okay if I say, hey, I want to set a reminder. And I can have a conversation about what I want them to remind me about and how with things coming to me and correcting things. And to make that work even better, um, that's great. And you also th- like to think about what happens when uh, – what happens to Google Docs in a couple of years if this technology progresses where, okay, fine, uh, speech to text is lovely. It's wonderful. But the ability to say, okay, mm. read back that last paragraph – Right. Like, okay. Um, I want to change that last sentence. I want to make it stronger. Like, okay, how would you like to? What what we'd like to change about it? Hey, I want to make the ending this because I, as a, because we've seen there are people who are great at drag and dictate that they just just as like as a writer your muscle memory goes to hitting command F of select to to do these selections and things. The people who use drag and dictate. That are like uh, take uh, uh, words twenty one through twenty eight of paragraph three and move them to the end mm-hmm, of paragraph. Mm-hmm. And I really don't. I I can barely think well enough to 
remember to use verbs when I'm writing. I certainly can't <laughs> remember numbers and things like that. So it's it's one of those basic things that we'll f- have forgotten yeah. all about in two or three years from now, but we will maybe be marveling at how I'm just I'm, – I, it feels like I'm collaborating on a document with the Google Assistant, not just doing simple editing. Mm-hmm. Well, on that note, let's take another quick little break and then uh, we'll end off this sandwich with some uh, vegan mayonnaise. This episode of Material is brought to you by Booz Allen. Modernizing for the future is a challenge, especially for large organizations. You may need to integrate legacy systems with new technology. You may need to incorporate AI and analytics to work more efficiently and make fast decisions. And everyone needs new ways of thinking to move to what's next, whether for government or commercial goals. Booz Allen understands. And they're helping some of the world's largest organizations modernize. They understand the missions of government and industry and the need to adapt to constant change. They provide open source solutions so clients can integrate innovation from anywhere, whether from visionary startups or major contractors. Plus, they're helping clients power new technologies with analytics. And because security is everyone's priority, they integrate their capabilities with intelligence-grade cybersecurity. With Booz Allen, integration means putting you in control of innovation. Integrate. Innovate. Get it done with Booz Allen. Learn more at boozallen.com relay. That's boozallen.com slash relay. We'd like to thank Booz Allen for their support of this show. Do you feel like your life is taken over by your phone? Of course you do. Uh, Remember when we told you that Google had launched um, the experimental apps to help you use your phone less as part of its digital well-being initiative? Well, there is one app um, that... Now lets you seal up your phone in a phone-sized paper envelope. So kind of sounds similar to some of the pouches that artists have been asking their fans to, you know, they'll like have these little pouches you put your phone in and it's to prevent you from like taking pictures of the art or whatever, just to kind of like keep you from uh, from repeating the the deeply racist and sexist jokes that they were making to TMZ and whatnot. That's also a good point. Well, I was There's a lot say, of reasons for it, let's say. I was going to say to keep it off the internet, but you know, um, Google's envelope will at least let you make a call if you need to. So if, you know, God forbid you're a case of emergency, the app is called the envelope app. It's in the play store. Okay. So I'm going to go to the play store and open it up right now. And you go to it and there's a little video that shows you how to use it. In the Play Store, it tells you what it is in giant font. Um, you use the envelope. It'll tell you how long you've used the envelope. It also gives you a link to print the envelope, which I noted is kind of silly because Google Clown Print is like going bye-bye. So how am I supposed to print this out? Yeah. Go, about go down, that. Go down to Kinko's. Yeah, uh, just, sure. Just, just display it on your screen and then like scan the screen in a scanner, turn it into a JPEG. I, I don't know. <laughs> so the app is open source. All the code is available on GitHub, which I'm very curious like what people – I'm always curious about like the creativity of developers to take 
Because I was like that as a kid with HTML. Like I would take somebody's HTML and like, you know, make it into my own. Uh, but of course, the app right now is only only on the Google Pixel 3a. So if you don't have that phone, you don't get to be a part of this experiment, which I guess is okay. Uh, but, you know, you don't, have to, you, you don't have to be one of those people that people one of those people who are people are walking by saying, why does that man have a wrapped pop tart pressed against his ear? The thing is, it, it so it prints out numbers on the piece of paper so that you can like unlock yeah. it when it's time to do it, which is which is nice. And I do think it's kind of like in terms of development and things that you can do. I think it's kind of neat. Like I always love this kind of stuff because it's just it is neat. It's super neat. It's 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 a, it's interest. Some interesting ideas that if you um, if you really want to be emphatically distraction free but you still want to have access to you still want to be able to call people in an emergency you still want to receive a text mm-hmm, message mm-hmm. from your babysitter in an emergency the idea that here is an app that will restrict the user interface to just the buttons that and and displays that are like reproduced on this paper sleeve you're putting this thing into and the idea that to turn this off now and have your real phone back you have to literally tear this cover off you have to do this very deliberate app Act. And and not only that, but when you get home, you have to show your partner that let's let's see your envelope. Did you tear it? Yeah, I tore it off. I'm sorry, but it, but it got it got me to thinking about uh, not, not that I don't think this is something that is designed to really take off and become ubiquitous. It's something to mm-hmm. get people thinking. But it would be interesting to have mm-hmm. like a line of phone cases that are not paper and you tear them off, but they're they're like rubberized cases you slide them in and it will basically turn your phone re- revert your phone to being like a Nokia yeah. from like 1993 because again you do you don't want to be distracted by social media you want to occasionally take a picture and you want to be able to receive a text message if it's important but otherwise like you don't idea. want to be bothered yeah and I really I, like that idea yeah like a like a nice leather you know like uh, Michael Kors, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, little uh, sleeve. Yeah, that would be really nice. Um, there's also a couple of other little experiments that they launched alongside this. Since this well-being initiative has been going on for a while, but um, there's a new Android app called Activity Bubbles that puts a bubble on your wallpaper each time you open the phone and increases the size of those bubbles the longer you're on the phone. Um, you know, if your home screen is covered in bubbles. That means you've been on your phone for quite a while. And there's also an app called Screen Stopwatch, which is actually, I'm sorry, a live wallpaper that constantly counts up whenever you have your phone unlocked. Um, Again, (laughs) cute. It's yeah, if it's cute. I I and I kind of like it because just last night I was giving my my husband was checking his work email at like 11:30 and I'm like, "What are you doing right now? You are freaking out over an email that you cannot deal with until you get up in the morning and yeah. thus causing me anxiety for you because I care about you and I worry and so I think about apps like these and these are just kind of like easy things that you could just push people toward and be like have you considered trying this out? This might help you. Know you. you you reminded me when we were talking earlier about wondering what uh, what the news from Google I/O is going to be, mm-hmm. and now you reminded me that you, we get to see some really interesting uh, digital well being stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so I was surprised because the first time they used the term digital well being, I think, was two years ago or two IOs yep. ago, 
and again, we're, we cover technology. We cover these things all the time. We are sufficiently jaded to know that, okay, so that's the, that's <laughs> yes. the buzz phrase they invented, and we're going to make sure we spell it correctly, and then we will never have any reason to have to use it again after we finish our Google Keynote coverage. But they're sticking with it as a core feature of Android, and it really makes you think about um, as fun as these experiments are – wouldn't it be it becomes a lot more interesting when they become part of the core OS that uh, just just like you're saying, there are people that uh, against their better natures, they know that they, there's no there's no point in checking their work email after a certain hour. But what if you have the ability to not just simply uh, deactivate a just, just just like you have a, a dark mode after uh-huh. 9 p.m. You also have go to sleep mode. Meaning that you will get in, you will get incoming texts from from relatives that text you after 10 p.m. only when there's an emergency, uh, <laughs> and that's pretty. Maybe in my case, okay, we will let you have access to uh, simple text so that you can write down a note, but you can't read right. notes that you've already. Th- that that sort of stuff. I, the, one of the previous experiments, the last time that they did a release of this sort, was kind of like that, where you could you could almost develop a alternative version of this phone that only does two or three specific things, but they're the only things that you need the phone to do. There's no games. There's no, while, while you put this phone on lockdown, it won't do stuff that is against your best interests. Like maybe, maybe including (laughs) blood alcohol level is too high. Okay. We are not going to let you use any messaging apps. We're also not going to allow you to tweet anything (laughs) because, (laughs) <laughs> they have to do that with anxiety levels too, by the way, if there was some way yeah. they could do that because yep. sometimes, oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, that kind of puts a pin in our show. I think it does. For this week. Um, we got a lot of stuff to look forward to. It's 2020 is going to be another year of fun googly stuff to look forward to. A you know, we have a Samsung event day. coming up. Yep. Um, we have phones with e-ink screens that are apparently being launched overseas we have more foldable stuff i mean this it's is gonna just... be fun watching all these phone manufacturers try to convince us that 5g is in any way relevant to our day-to-day lives oh god i saw a commercial yesterday just to end it again i'm just gonna call this one large tangent um i saw a commercial yesterday it was like Verizon's 5G is helping firefighters, like, in California, like, you know, so that they can communicate with each other, to which I'm like, there is no infrastructure in the middle of those, like, places, <laughs> first of all, that would that would help with any of that, okay? There's not even, like, proper LTE out there, as it is, and you're telling me that these firefighters are relying on 5G to communicate with each other. Never mind all, like, the dozens and dozens of people who are texting their families to let them know that, like, they're okay or not. Come on, guys. Yeah, also, also now the, um, to that point, for for emergency response, they, the fire departments, they, uh, the first responders do have a truck that essentially creates like a exactly a, a, so so they have it but the verizon is of course got famous got a lot of free publicity uh, a couple of years ago for uh telling the fire department in the middle of responding to an active <gasps> right. fire in california fires that ooh you're above your data plan like yeah but we don't have no service and we're stuck here like you know what uh, well why don't you talk to our sales department we can sell you a better plan that's right, that's right. so so, the, so again, that this is why I would be brilliant at marketing. I would say, see, <laughs> we believe that uh, the, these firefighters, they need to focus on fighting the fire. The last thing they need is a whole bunch of notifications from 
Instagram and WeChat coming in. So we thoughtfully turned off all their digital features for Yeah, that's that's gutsy. That's uh, it's it's our it's 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 uh PR and marketing companies job to help you to forget things that happened fairly recently. It's our job as journalists to remind people of things that happened fairly recently. And so I'm going to we are going to remind the hell out of you that uh, the Santa Clara Fire Department <laughs> was left holding a dead phone, <laughs> deadish uh, phone in the middle of a very, very big crisis. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. But that's what you get for tuning in. And so on that <laughs> note, if you love the fact that we just constantly crush your world <laughs> with with hard truths, um, you can become a member of our podcast at relay.fm slash material, which helps sustain all of our uh, hopes and dreams crushings um, and also sustains our hopes and dreams that we have for the future. <laughs> So we really appreciate you tuning in every week. Um, you know, this podcast brings Andy and I a lot of joy to make. want to thank our editor, Jim, for just editing us. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows we need it. So, you know, uh, Andy, what have you got going on this week? Anything fun, work-related? Yep. Um, I'm... Uh... Uh, one of my back on Fridays, it looks like for the foreseeable future on uh, Boston's national public radio station WGBH, uh, talking about tech. If you're in the Boston area, if you're in our, <laughs> ideally Boston specifically, uh, we're recording from the uh, we're broadcasting the show from the WGBH news studios at the Boston Public Library, which is in a big open area that also has a really nice coffee shop attached. So grab yourself a cookie and a cup of coffee. You will have to pay for both of them. Uh, but watching me gesture wildly with my hands as I try to bring home a point, knowing for a fact that I'm on the radio and not video, uh, will I'm sure amuse you quite a great deal. Uh, to be fair, Andy, I do the exact same gesturing, yes. and I'm just here with you on <laughs> Skype, so nobody really knows what's going on uh, on the Skype window. As for me, you can tune in to what I'm up to at FlorenceIon.com. I am, again, going on leave basically at the end of this week, and by leave, I mean I won't be writing anything for a while, but I will be podcasting yes. because it keeps me sane. I mean, I will be in and out of podcasts. I mean – I don't know. Guys, it's really hard to like take leave. <laughs> it's when you're, you know, a creative professional. Also, the word leave, when you're working out of home, you really can't leave. I know. So we might need a new job, a new title for uh, like verb yeah, for I, sort of thing. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. Um, but yeah, I am still podcasting and I am still trying to like work on that other podcast side project, Honestly Tech at HonestlyTechPod.com because God, I have so many ideas for it and it's just, <laughs> it's just really, yeah. Shall, shall, is... shall we say that you will be at 60 to 70% transparency mode? Yes, so exactly. You, you'll still, there, there are parts of you can still see through her a little bit mm -hmm. because of ticking things down temporarily, but that doesn't mean that you won't be able to see her. Exactly. I'll be around and also feeding a newborn around the clock because that's what you have to do to keep them alive, apparently. I'll <laughs> You're learning <laughs> you're all kinds out. of stuff. I'm, this is 2020, the year of learning. Um, okay, until next week, I, Andy and I hope you have a great seven days, uh, stay healthy, drink lots of water, get yourself some sleep, uh, watch things that make you happy, not 
Marriage Story. Uh, Do not watch Marriage Story. I have been warned off of. I had no interest in seeing Marriage Story, and now I have to like. It's added to my list of. I trust the people who have told me not to watch don't Marriage Story. Just it's. I will. Don't I will. I will back. The, I will also contribute <laughs> to this by saying, the film Magnolia is a really well-made film. But it is devastating, and yeah, don't is. watch it unless you're with friends, and it's one in the afternoon on a very bright, sunny day, and you're all planning to go to the beach later. A exactly. beach where there are kids frolicking and like animals jumping up and down, showing that life is valid and yeah, and viable. Yes. And on that note, see you next week. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh,